0: On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are joined by the great Mark Schofield. We're going to take a look back at last weekend and see what the Patriots did well against the Dolphins, and if that's sustainable. We're going to take a look forward at what we can expect from this team moving forward this year, and we're also going to take a look at some of the uh, matchups that we're most looking forward to this weekend against Seattle. It's a heck of a show, so buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has.
1: It. Wilson
2: quick throw, and it's has gone. Intercepted! Intercepted!
1: The
0: Welcome on to the show. One of our favorite guests. I feel like I say that every week, but it's true every damn week, man. We just have great guests on every single time. This man, I mean, he means, he needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyways because he's fantastic. He, uh, he hosts about nine different shows on our podcast network. He hosts 47 different shows somewhere else. He writes for 9,000 different places. He breaks down film. He does everything you want the guy to do. Mark Schofield. Mark, thank you for coming on with us. We really appreciate you, uh, you taking the time out with us. What's going
2: on, It It's great to be with you. It's uh, great to have some football to talk about. Great to have a Patriots win to talk about, which makes it even better. But more importantly, just great to be back with you guys. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, it has been.
1: So, Mark, I guess let's get into it. Obviously, you know, we don't want to spend too much time because you do a great job on Mondays and breaking down the, the you know, the wins and everything. Uh, But we have to since, you know, it's our show. I know it's this comes out Friday and we'll talk about something that happened, you know, five days ago. But overall, I think great, great performance. Um, Obviously, a lot of mystery surrounding what the offense would look like. And, you know, to be honest, I think Cam ran the ball a little bit more than I'd expected. Um, Obviously, only threw the ball 19 times, was 15 for 19. And the one thing for me, he looked healthy. You know, we hadn't seen the preseason. We weren't down at camp, so we didn't see too much. Um, still had some zip on his ball. He could fit it in some windows like we were used to. And, and when he got going, he looked like the Cam Newton of old.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's right, bags. I mean, I didn't expect this offense to be, like, fine-tuned, um, obviously because of the strangeness of the preseason and lack of preseason games and no minicamps, no OTAs, and the fact that Cam got in late. You know, it's not like he sides back in March at the start of free agency. And so, you know, I didn't expect this to be the, the most well-oiled machine in terms of the passing game. But I think he was largely efficient, you know, 15 of 19. I'll take that all the time. I mean, if you're going to throw the ball 19 times, and just ain't have four incompletions. I mean, I'm fine with that. I, I think what you saw in the passing game, the velocity, the torque, um, the things that Cam Newton can do well, that's all going to pay off down the road. And so, you know, I'm not too worried about the passing game. And the run game, I think, the thing that really stood out was the schematic diversity—the different things they can do, the different looks they can show you. The the wide zone stuff, the outside zone stuff we expected, the zone read stuff, the power read stuff where you've got, you know, Shaq Mason or Joe Tooney sort of pulling in front of Newton should he decide to keep it. You know, the the different ways they can attack you on the ground. Now, I think that was great to see. I know some people, you know, you, you mentioned it. He looked healthy, which is great. He looked like he had the burst, which is great. You know, people are now worried. Well, he had 15 carries. I don't think he's going to have 15 carries each week. You know, Belichick talked about it. McDaniels talked about it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, saying that a receiver got too many targets. If that's the open guy, that's who you're going to throw to. Some weeks that won't be the open guy. With with this Newton in the run game, you know, if the the read is there for him to keep it, he will. But in in other weeks it won't be. You know, now – if you're Seattle, maybe you're going to do more to think about Cam Newton keeping the football, and some of those reads won't be there, but then you know, the the outside zone play to a James White might be there or a Rex Burkhead might be there or an inside give to Sonny Michel will be there, and maybe next week he has just four or six carries. And, and So I think on the whole, happy to see this offense get off to a good start. Obviously, the defense looks good, um, and it's always good when you get a W too.
0: Yeah. Oh well i had a i had a qu i mean a lot of people afterwards were talking about the sustainability of it, and I think that look, I have never been a proponent of the r p o offense I feel like it's a gadget offense um and that it it is beatable and you can stop it uh I think Lamar Jackson has done a really good job of of kind of proving people wrong in that situation. I just feel like he's such a special athlete that it changes it a little bit. He's also able to throw out of the pocket so effectively that that it kind of changes things there. I think what the Patriots did well on Sunday and what they're going to have to continue to do well is disguise what they're doing. And, you know, I loved the fly motion out of the backfield, you know, having a guy right next to cam and then he just runs, you know, parallel to the line of scrimmage. I loved because if you got two backs back there, you could run it. You could throw a swing pass to that guy. I think Nikhil came in motion a few different times and he had a few different options to do things. So, there was a lot of things going on that I thought uh, were interesting and can keep a defense on their toes. At some point, just running an RPO isn't going to work, right? Because you saw it at the end of the game, like Miami just floods the box with a ton of guys. and say, like, okay, well, you can hand it off to either one of these guys, but there's two guys in the backfield, so you're not going anywhere. right? But if you can right. turn that into, you know, throwing in the pocket, number one, and also, you know, changing up what you're doing and disguising enough what you're doing, you can keep the defense on your toes and, you know, and at least, you know, it's sustainable enough where you're going to be a pretty good team.
2: Yeah, Pat, I think that's exactly right. And I, I I think the phrase there, keeping the defense on its toes, I think that's perfect in how you want to describe what they can do right now, because, you know, McDaniel said this um, in his sort of post game comments this week, you know, now they're playing 11 on 11, you know, they've tilted the numbers sort of back in their favor as an offense. Now, look, all three of us know Tom Brady greatest quarterback of all time and you're happy to have him under center for you but when they ran the ball last year with Tom Brady they were playing 11 on they were playing 10 on 11 now with Newton you're 11 on 11 again and the most pivotal play right. of the game last week against the dolphins everybody in that stadium knew that they were going to run some sort of quarterback power you know with Cam Newton but you can't stop it because you can get a hat on a hat up front you know all he has to do is get a crease and especially on a fourth and short situation you're going to be able to pick up the first down but now when you start thinking about like you said with that fly motion out of the backfield with the orbit motion you can use you know what did we see we saw a lot of the stuff where they could go empty and bring the running back back in you know to the backfield like we've seen so many times with Tom Brady but now you got to worry about you know maybe they're going to snap it maybe Newton's going to keep it maybe he's not there's so many more things you have to prepare for now as a defense and in these crazy times for the practice rules as they are anyway there's only so much time you can spend to prepare for your upcoming opponent and now you have to worry about the passing game you have to worry about Newton and his legs and yes you have to worry about Newton on some of the scrambles too I mean he had on that gotta have it drive after this was a 14-11 game he had a great scramble on a first and 10 whereas a play-action play, two receivers, Damian Bird and Kill Harry, and the concept, neither one of them is open. Cam pulls it down, accelerates upfield, picks up 12, and you get a first set of down. I mean, these are the things that he can mm-hmm. do now. You weren't worried about Tom Brady doing that to you. Yeah, he picked his spots. He had to scramble against the Chiefs on that fourth down last year that still was one of my favorite moments of last season. But he's not doing it too often. Yeah. Cam, he's healthy. He seems like he can do that stuff now. And it's going to make it tough to defend this team.
1: And and you know, my and not to get negative. That's why I brought you on, Mark. You can calm me down. Uh, but I'm right. I'm worried a little bit about the passing game because, right, like you said it, Pat. Like there there's going to come times where they're just not going to be able to move the ball. You know, with him, whether you know, I just get worried at the receiver play, right? Because last year, and I know it's a completely different offense because we have Cam, and you have to respect his legs and his ability to extend plays the receiver play comes in, right? I mean, I think Nikhil Harry, and I thought Cam was awesome in his press conference. He backed him up today. He said, look, that was a mistake. He'll tell you it himself. But other than that, he played a good game. And obviously, we haven't seen the film and, and kind of break, break it, broken it down in ways that, you know, we'd be able to dive a little bit more and in, deeper into that. But,
0: Thanks a lot, you know, obviously, that.
1: you have the receivers, you know, and Cam's ability to move the pocket. You have time to, for them to get separation where you didn't last year. But when you look at the room – they didn't do as much. Obviously, they added Demir Bird and, and Gunner took a step. Obviously, he's on the IR now. They didn't do a lot to improve that position. Is there going to come a time now this year where they're going to struggle moving the ball through the air? And maybe, maybe they only throw the ball, right? Like 19 to 25 times. Is that can you win a lot of games like that? I don't know. We'll see. But that that's my one concern here with that offense is can they effectively can they win the ball throwing throwing? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and I think, look, I think it's a valid concern, you know, that if you look at this receiver room, I mean, it doesn't exactly blow you away. You know, I don't think anybody's looking at this as one of the better receiving rooms in the league. I don't know if people are looking at it as one of the better receiving rooms in the AFC East. I mean, maybe it's better than the Jets, maybe. Um, but I do think when you look at how this offense is probably going to work conceptually, even as these games go on, it might be a, we're going to throw it 19, 20, 25 times a game at most. And we're really going to have more of a 50 50, maybe a 45, 55 run, I mean, pass run split. I mean, they might want to be more of a run first kind of offense because that kind of plays into what we were just talking about with Cam. Um, it kind of plays into the fact that the strength in this team even with Cam Newton on the roster might still be the defense. And you're okay if you have to try to win some 20 to 17 rock fights. You know, in in terms of the passing game itself, you know, conceptually it does seem like they're going to try to have some design pros to the flats. You know, we saw some swing screens and things like that to Nikhil Harry. And, you know, Ryan, I think you were great with, you know, talking about what Cam Newton said today about Nikhil Harry and sort of talking him up and building him up. Because I think if, you know, there's a receiver that could sort of take a step forward. It would be Nikhil Harry. and I think his skill set meshes well with what Cam Newton does well. But I do think, that, yeah, this, this passing game, it's, it, you're not comfortable with it right now. You know, you like what you saw in terms of the efficiency against Miami. It's going to get tougher this week. You know, let's be honest, Jamal Adams had a monster game against Atlanta. He was all over the field. And he could do some things that are going to be disruptive, that might throw a lot of what they want to do out the window. And so, yeah, it, it's it's a concern right now. It's a valid one, too, that this passing game, this receiver group, you know, it's not where we'd like it to be right now.
0: Right. Now, I mean, it's a, it's a valid concern, I think. And the question that I have, and I don't think we can answer it tonight, is, is, you know, is that sustainable? In other words, can you win that way? Can you win running the ball 55% of the time? And I don't know I mean, the answer. They, and, and, they're going to dominate we'll up out.
1: front. I mean, that line was just... The line
2: is good. And look, it's look unbelievable. Two teams that had sort of those run splits last year that tilted more towards the run game. One of them, Baltimore, that's a team that won 14-2. and two. I mean, right. at the same time, you know, look what happened in the playoffs. I mean, you win a playoff right. game and, you know, Baltimore Any given back. But, you know, they, they were that, you know, 45.9 to 51.1 in terms of, you know, right. pass versus run. I mean, and then the next team that ran it, the only other team that ran the ball more than 50% of the time, was San Francisco. Yeah. You know, well, those are the two teams so, that made it to the deep. So, maybe, yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah. you can do it. It's just, with the way the game is tilted, with the way the game is tilted towards the passing game, you know, the, the penalties you can draw downfield. You know, over the long haul, it might not be the most sustainable, it might not be it might not be the easiest
0: path, but you can do it. Right? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. All right, well let's get let's get to the strength of the team, and and really this is this is the matchup I think that I'm looking forward to the most, and I think most people are looking forward to the most is the Patriots secondary against the passing attack of the of the Seahawks. Obviously, we know how good Russell Wilson is. Uh, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But you then you look at, you know, Lockett and DK Metcalf, who I think has taken some really big strides forward this year. Um, Number one, what do you, you know, what do you think is going to come of that matchup? And number two, where do you think Gilmore goes? I think Lockett is his go-to guy, but, you know, do they stick Gilmore on DK or do you think that's more of a JC Jackson type of role?
2: Yeah, I mean, one of the favorite things for those of us, you know, like ourselves that cover this team, particularly in recent years, is to wonder how they're going to play those matchups, you know, against the opposing wide receiver room. You know, particularly when you've got guys in locket, you know, your shifty type guy. When you've got a guy like DK Metcalf, who's just a big, like, I mean, he's a tight end that can run like a four three. I mean, he's just a, a physical specimen. You know, when you look at, you've got a tight end, you know, and Greg Olson that you kind of have to worry about too. Um, you know, and maybe that's Juwan work. Williams. We saw, you know, Juwan Williams a lot against Mike Secchi. He was know, great. So Not to cut you off, be, but he was yeah, great. Um, I mean, they, they, they might have their tight end killer that they've been looking for. You know, we, we thought, you know, back when they signed Obi Malon Fongu a couple of years ago, we thought, oh, maybe this is the tight end killer. Well, maybe it's Juwan Williams. And so, you know, wondering how they're going to mix and match against those guys is is always fun to do with the, the skill sets that they have. I mean, I, I think at first blush, you know, you might look at D.K. Metcalf, you know, straight speed guy. You know, maybe that's not the best use of Stefan Gilmore. I mean, maybe you take, you know, Gilmore and put him on Lockett. But maybe Lockett's shiftiness doesn't match up that well with Gilmore. Maybe he's a bit too change of direction type. We could give give Gilmore some problems. I don't know. I mean, I, I think if it were me, I would take Gilmore and put him on Lockett because you, you know what Metcalf's going to do. You can get some dedicated safety help over the top at times, try to take away those nine routes. I mean, the biggest play of the game between Seattle and Atlanta, it was a 14-12 game in the third quarter and fourth and five, Seattle's in plus territory. Are you, They decide we can't, we're outside of field goal range, we're going to go for it. And they just throw nine routes to DK Metcalf and they can't cover it. Um, Now, I think Atlanta, it looked like from what I saw, was in sort of a single high coverage. Safety kind of stuck in the middle of the field. If you get dedicated safety help over the top of that, you might have a different result. And so I, I think that would make sense to me. Take Gilmore and put him on Lockett, you know, and put somebody else on DK Metcalf with some dedicated safety help and go from there. like oh, I Yeah, and, I, and
1: and the other matchup too, right? I mean, they have some Bobby Wagner, like you said, Jamal Adams who's flying around the field. We know him just from his time with the Jets. Is there anything defensively that you might, you think Seattle's going to do to try to slow Cam's legs down? Because like, like you said, they've only seen a week of it. Patriots could take an entirely different game plan, right? But I think what we saw Sunday is, is probably what they're going to, you know, try to do each week. I think that's the strength of their football team is is the mystery of the offense. Is that a is that a concern too with I mean obviously we're talking about going from Miami to Seattle, two different teams. Um talent right. levels a lot different, right? But is that a matchup of concern there yeah. with with Seattle's help, you know, in on defense with Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, you know, KJ Wright, um th- that could cause some problems offensively as well.
2: Yeah, I mean I, I think you're right. You know, in the sense that if you're looking at the Seattle defense, both on paper and on the film we've been able to see from them against Atlanta, you know, the strength behind this defense is that second level. And I I would fold Jamal Adams into that second level. I oh, mean, from everything. what I've been able to see, you know, he played a lot down in the slot, down in the box against Atlanta. He had 12 tackles. Eight of them were solo. Um, he had a sack coming off the edge. I mean, first play of the game, he's down basically a line to the linebacker. And then right at the snap, he's almost in the defensive end alignment. And he chases down an outside zone play from behind. I mean, he's going to be a problem. And he seems like somebody that is happy to be out of New York. Say what you want about Adam Gase and search (laughs) those jokes right here. I I mean, look. And then you look at, like you said, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, Jordan Brooks, the Texas Tech rookie that they drafted in the first round. Obviously very familiar with, you know, QB power and, power read and zone read. That's the stuff he saw all the time from the Kyler Murray's of the world back when he was at Texas Tech in the Big 12. And so, you know, these are some guys that are going to be familiar with what they might want to do offensively. And Jamal Adams have the potential to sort of disrupt what you want to do offensively. I wouldn't be surprised to see whether it's in some, you know, third down situations or some red zone situations, short yardage situations that you get Jamal Adams potentially spying Cam Newton. And I can't remember the last time if I've ever had to talk about a defense having to spy the quarterback going up against the New England Patriots. Maybe that, you know, that strength of starts that Jacoby Brissett had was the last and perhaps only time in my time covering this team. And so, you know, that goes to the different ways this New England offense can approach a game. But also you can see some of the matchups start to take shape, you know, this week and, you know, on down the line when they play San Francisco and how they're going to use Fred Warner perhaps against – Cam Newton. When you talk about, you know, playing Baltimore, and maybe they're going to use Patrick Queen as a spy at times, or you know, Malik Harrison perhaps. And so, these are going to be the interesting matchups. In years past, it would be okay. How are they going to cover Welker? How are they going to cover Edelman? How are they going to cover Josh Gordon and Antonio Brown? You know, last year. Now it's what are you going to do about Cam Newton? How are you going to defend him? Seattle might have the guys that
0: can do that. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. You're right. I mean, that's it is very interesting to see. And it's something we haven't, like you said, we haven't even had to think about, you know, but to me, you know, you just saying that to me, I think, you know, if, if Seattle is going to take Jamal Adams and put him as a spy on Cam Newton, I think that's a huge win for the Patriots because to me, you know, yes, Cam obviously running the ball is dangerous, but to take him out of the passing game and leave him as a spy on Cam Newton, I think to me is like, that that's just that would be amazing. I, I think, you know, he's yeah. one mean, of the most electric guys on that team, you know?
2: I I think if you're approaching it sort of from the standpoint of Pete Carroll, if you're approaching it sort of from the standpoint, you know, of their defensive coordinator, Ken Norton Jr., you're looking at this New England offense, you're looking at what they did last week against Miami, and what are you probably most worried about? Probably Cam still, you know? And right. so I, I think if you're looking at it from that perspective, yeah, Jamal is probably your best player, but are you going to take Jamal Adams, and no offense to the player I'm going to say next, but are you going to lock him in man coverage on Ryan Izzo? Like, is is that, you know, the best use of Jamal Adams? I mean, maybe it is. I mean, but if it were me, I'd be much more comfortable with a KJ Wright or a Bobby Wagner covering a Ryan Izzo in man coverage and letting Jamal Adams just kind of freelance. I mean, you know, right. and if that's spying Cam, if that's, Coming off the edge if he wants to. I mean, that's how I would use him in this game.
0: Which, may, I mean, it absolutely makes sense. And I think what it's going to do, and you know what? And I think you're probably right, you know, but I think what that does is it allows the other guys on the offense to have the ability, at least, to right. to come out. You know, yeah. Nikhil is going mean, to see a lot of one-on-one. It, it,
2: Edelman one on one. is going to see a lot those of one on one. You know what I mean? Where like, if you're Seattle, you're like, okay. Make those other guys beat you. And if you're Josh McDaniels, right. you walk in there and say, look, this is what they're going to do. They're going to take away Cam. And they're going to say, Ryan Izzo, you go beat us. Ryan Izzo, this is your chance. Go win a football game. Right. And, you know, right. you, you that's how this game might end up playing out. It's can the Ryan Izzos, can the Damier Birds, can the Nikhil Harrys make a play against the secondary if Seattle's going to do what they can to slow and neutralize Cam Newton.
1: And kind of moving away from that, from the Seattle game, and, and I, I brought this up to Pat, and it, and it sounds crazy, but when you look at it, it, you know, going into the year, they they have, and the, I think they have the hardest schedule in football, right? You play the NFC West, the AFC West, and obviously the divisional winners, Houston, Baltimore, and then obviously Kansas City out in the AFC West. The next, I think it's six or seven weeks, right? You get Seattle, then you come home, you play Vegas, you go to Arrowhead, you play Kansas City, then you get San Francisco and Buffalo. I'm terrible with math. Pat, you can pick me up the math teacher background. You can help me out, but the next six, seven weeks, does it almost define their season? Right. I mean, you're getting, you're getting elite football teams and right. I know Vegas yeah. started one and zero, and, and you know, they're no slush, but you should, you should win that game. Right. But every other game, you know, you're that's, that's tough. You're facing some good football teams who have I mean, a lot of high hopes for themselves.
2: Here, here's how they start. They, they obviously have Miami. You go to Seattle you get the Raiders at home, you go to Arrowhead, then you get Denver at home, then you get your bye.
1: Right, and, Denver,
2: yep. Yeah, and, and so you, I think, you have to be at least three and two. You know, if you lose those two road games at Seattle, at Kansas City, okay, like those are probably two of your tougher games on this schedule. But if you're three and two at least going into the bye, I think you can feel pretty comfortable. Because out of that bye, you get, like you mentioned, San Francisco at home at Buffalo. Then you get the Jets at MetLife. Then you get Baltimore at Houston, Arizona at home, which is going to be a tough game, too. I mean, I think you have to be 3-2, and two because then you get that really tough stretch coming out of that bye. And let's not forget, you've got at the Chargers, at the Rams. And last I heard, as much as I might want to do it, since one of them is Thursday it night, was. I thought because of the COVID stuff, they couldn't stay out there. Because of the travel rules, so that might change by then, hopefully. But if not, then you're talking about at L.A. and then coming back for a Thursday night at L.A. again? I mean, that's really tough. So, yeah, like you said, Ryan, it's it's an extremely tough schedule. And, you know, we knew it on paper. Yeah. One of those L.A. games is a
0: Thursday night? Yes, it is.
2: You've got Sunday at the Chargers, Sunday at the – and then Thursday at the Rams.
1: And it's like crazy, right? I mean, you're, you're talking about the, the first. And I I, know mean, it's- I
2: think yeah. even with COVID, they have to let them stay because You'd that has to. way too much to go at L.A., back to Boston, at L.A. on Thursday night on a short week. I mean, they're playing in the same,
0: long, they're you you in half same half yeah. stadium. Yeah. Right. You're playing in the same stadium. I mean, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. You might as well just stay out there. I mean, it's one thing if you were, if you, were you know, playing in L.A. and the next weekend you're playing in Denver. Seattle okay, maybe maybe you say come home and then go, but you're playing literally in the same. I mean, they can season. It doesn't stay make any in the same
2: hotel. To... I mean, there should be a lot, correct?
0: Of right.
2: And then, right. like I said to my yeah, earlier no, point, I, like I, it's I
1: crazy. Think. It's crazy to say that, but like I know it's when you get out of the bye. What's that week? Week sevens there by or week six? Right. Like you're you're pretty much pretty halfway big. through the season. Yeah. You know that. That's where it's like like the, these next stretch of games before the bye are so important. It basically, you know, outlines your season right there. Like you said, you get yeah. three and two, you lose those two games on the road. You, you kind of go into those as a fan, someone, you know, us covering the team, you look at those games and say, if they can get a win, that's great. But you're kind of going in there, like, especially Kansas city, you're almost expecting like, all right, if we can pull this out, that's a shock. You know what I mean? Like it, it it gets tough, and then you're you're you know you're week eight, and you're sitting there five and three, four and four. You can you can kind of squeak in. And, you know who knows how Buffalo does. It's interesting. This this schedule is, is real tough, and they're getting a benefit with no fans, especially this weekend, and especially at Arrowhead. Oh, yeah. it, it's it's true advantage for the Patriots. Yeah,
0: and Arrowhead yeah. will have some fans, but certainly not anywhere yeah, but near. Not Right. Well, you know, the other thing for me too, is that I think that benefits the Patriots this year and obviously everyone else too, but the benefits of Patriots this year is having that seventh, having that seventh playoff team is huge because, you know, it allows the Patriots to, you know, struggle a little bit this year, try to figure it out. But if they can, you know, really, I think this year it's going to come down to, and it does every year anyways, but like, it's going to come down to who's healthy. I'm shocked that more guys aren't injured to be honest with you. I know we lost some guys. Uh, You know, across the league, I wouldn't be surprised to see more guys get injured. We've had no hitting, you know, and so I think this week is really going to be that telling week to me where we could have a a ton of guys, you know, be lost for a long time because, you know, and I don't mean just, just in New England. I mean, across the league, because now you're talking about the second game, you know, you had a week. Okay. It's the first time we hit now recover and go play on Sunday. And I think that this week could be the week where we see a lot of injuries across the league because guys just aren't prepared for it. They're just and how could yeah. they be? You know, they haven't really yeah. hit it all outside of training camp. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's just going to be the team that survives and stays the stays the healthiest throughout the year that's going to end up winning the Super Bowl. It could be the most ridiculous one ever. Who knows?
2: Yeah, I, I think attrition is going to be a massive factor this season. And I think that's a great point, you know, about Pat uh, this being the week to see if the injuries do mount, because, you know, now they've actually played an actual game. It's not just, you know, a padded practice. You know, you've had 60 minutes of full contact. You know, that's going to take a toll on you. How capable are these guys to sort of come down from that, recover from that? And we're going to get a test, you know, Thursday night. I mean, we got, you know, Cleveland, Cincinnati, you know, are those guys going to get out of that game okay? Are we going to see injuries mount in that game? That will be interesting to watch, because if you start seeing guys, start to drop in that game that's going to be sort of a red flag for okay we're in for a little bit of a bumpy ride here as we get into week two week three week four of the season
0: all right now yeah so we'll see I mean it's going to be I mean football's back and I couldn't be more excited about it but it's you know it's uh there's definitely this year feels very different um and you know and I think really that like you said the attrition factor is going to be huge for me just because You know, guys go down anyways, no matter what. But I feel like it's going to happen more this year just because we had no real offseason. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. That And that honestly, that that benefits the Patriots because the Patriots aren't the strongest team in the league anymore. And so if they can stay healthy and survive through some of that attrition, then, you know, they can make a run if they gel at the right time.
2: Right. And I think the teams that are well coached that have a strong foundation and that are somewhat deep at positions that matter. Those are the teams that are probably going to have good years. And I think we could all agree if for nothing else, Patriots are pretty well coached. So they've got a W in the column there. Yeah.
0: Agreed. I think we can all agree on that. So Mark, That's it, man. We got nothing else for you. Um, but before we leave, I mean, listen, it's almost like you don't have to strike yourself. Out. Everyone knows who you are anyways. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't follow Mark everywhere, like, I don't know what the hell you're doing. You're a meathead. You, you're a meathead. I don't, I don't, right. Exactly. But nevertheless, Mark, could you please, you know, just plug yourself, tell people where they can uh, see you, read you, listen to you.
2: Well, guys, thanks so much. Always a blast catching up with you, you know, during the show, before the show, after the show. Uh, if people want to follow along with the hijinks uh, on Twitter at Mark Schofield, um, as we all cry for the uh, All 22s to be released, uh, maybe by the time the show airs, it'll be up. Maybe not. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Um, places you can catch me, of course, on the Scope Show here as part of the Pat's of the part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. Um, we've got some other shows as well. The QB Factory with Michael Kist. Um, also, uh, places I write USA Today's Touchdown Wire, uh, Pat's Pulpit. Uh, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, Matt Wallace, Rookie's Scouting Portfolio, but it's probably easiest, like I said, on Twitter at Mark Schofield.
0: Yep, it's great. Thank you. And listen, Thank you, you, may again, invented, you may not have invented. You may have been have invented the poo meme. I don't even know if it's a meme. I don't know what you'd call that, it. I, I was you know, just
1: gonna bring poo. that up. I was just gonna bring that up, Mark. It, it, that mask is incredible. It's incredible. It, it, you didn't invent
0: right, it. It was the, the best
2: twenty bucks I ever spent was getting that pair of <laughs> those masks. It was literally the best 10 bucks I ever. Unbelievable. Spent. I, I, and is, I, it's I, I, so like, good. When we went away, we went to North Carolina. I brought those masks. I was like walking around, going into restaurants to pick up carry out. People were looking at me. It's like I was trying to figure out like who knew what it was and who just thought I was a, you know, lunatic. Uh, but it right. it's made for some great content, man. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was literally so so just going to bring
1: that. that up. I was just like, it's so, and, the, the tweets you use it with are just like, it's just so fitting. And it's, it's funny because it's your face on it and people look at it and it's like, oh, this is the same yeah. picture, but two different masks. Unbelievable. It's it's incredible. Yeah. I, don't change. I, I only
2: bust it out for the true craziest tweets out there because right. let's face it, there is so many. What about issues. the
1: Stidham one week six? That would have been a good one too. I don't know if you used it, but that'd be a good one too. I, I was didn't use it for
2: that, day. but that was definitely meme worthy. I mean- the stuff people say on on God's internet, man, I just don't get it sometimes. But the the craziest of the crazies, they they get the poo. Yeah,
0: I tell you, and I laugh every time. I, I will laugh every single. It doesn't matter. I will laugh every single time, whether it's the mask. You know, the poo mask is is the next level. That's like that's like leveling up. You know what I mean? Like even just yeah. the regular poo well, meme where he's like, looking at his phone. I like the, great, the, the anyways, Lewis you know, one where he's got his phone because
2: before he's yeah, like, reading right. a piece of paper. Then you know yeah. I was able to get the phone one, which I think is also nice because the you know we're living in the '90s in the you know modern era here. Come on, um, so right. we got the phone, one. right? But yeah, I mean, the, the call, mask, you know, the mask is for special occasions.
0: Yeah, Oh, uh, it's so good, so good. So, all right, hey man, thanks so much for listening and uh, join in on the fun. Join in on the on the Pumim fun. It's great. So, uh, you know, follow along with Mark on Twitter, and you can you know follow us too. You know, we we do. Spag's better than me, but I like uh, kind of, oh, so, stop. I was really, I mean, I sold it really big time. I've sold myself big time on that one. I mean, everyone's going to be following me after that, after that salesman job. So anyways, guys, I'm rambling. Have a great, have a great weekend. We'll, uh we'll talk to you next week.